will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, huh? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week, as usual, I am joined by, or joined with, Leslie. Me! Hello! (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long work week, hasn't it? That's why my words are kind of jumbled up right now. Um, But hey, you know, this is going to be a fun um, turnaround because we're having two episodes recorded uh, this week, uh, we'll be discussing in this particular episode, the first episode of Loki. And uh, then we will be covering in our next entry in the MCU franchise review, our review of Iron Man 2. Um, so that's kind of what we got on the agenda. And normally I'm the one who kind of takes the reins of the show and and talks about kind of where the show uh, these like Marvel shows or any of the other shows we review uh, kind of walk us through the events that happen. But we're we're turning it around this week. Uh, we're letting Leslie kind of walk us through kind of the, the big <laughs> things while we discuss uh, dun, the dun, dun. <laughs> little stuff. So. All right, Leslie, I, I've set you up. Will, will you fall? <laughs> it's time to fumble the ball. Um, well, I'll, I'll say this. You are burdened with glorious purpose. <laughs> Well, one of the things that I immediately liked is that we jump right in to exactly where we left Loki um, in Endgame with that uh, at the Avengers at the tower, you know, and they're going back to get the Tesseract and that whole incident that goes wrong and no stairs when the <laughs> bus through the door. So I just really like that we like immediately go back to like the very last place that we technically saw him. And, and we go straight from that point. So our, what do you, like our, our stinger or whatever opening there at the beginning, 
you know, it's just that exactly that scene and him grabbing the Tesseract and, and uh, portaling away exactly where we left it in game. And then we jump to the new logo, the green and the gold before we jump into um, the action. You looked like you wanted to say something. Well, no, uh, I, I, um, I agree. Like, I think that that was the best uh, way to start the show off because I think everyone, when they saw Endgame, wanted to know where Loki was going. Like, oh, yeah. you know, once once we saw him disappear, we're like, OK, what's happening? Like and so it's been, you know, a while now since Endgame came out. And mm-hmm. I think it's kind of nice to put this little refresher. Plus, we're not seeing it exactly how it played out in Endgame. We're seeing it more from Loki's perspective. Yeah, you get a little uh, extra. So like they don't spend too much time just, you know, seeing Ant-Man running down Tony's shirt, <laughs> messing with the arc reactor or anything like that. It just kind of bursts right into it. And then him using uh, the Tesseract to get away. So uh, yeah. I I think that that was a really great way to start off the, the episode. Yeah, that was a nice little intro. I like the green and the gold on the logo. Yes. It looks really yeah, it's, nice. It's finally kind of emphasizing that because it really hasn't been emphasized since probably actually Avengers or even the first Thor movie. Um, his colors have kind of been darker uh, for all the other stuff, you know, Thor Ragnarok, Thor Dark World. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice to go back to that co- classic color scheme. Nice, bright color scheme. Yeah. So he drops right into the Gobi Desert. And one of my thoughts just initially was like, I guess – he can't control it the way because like Thanos portals away with it and he can portal like right where he wants to. So I guess Loki does not have that same level of control over the well, Tesseract. To think about it, though, the um, the Tesseract when or well, at least the the was it the Space Stone. Um, oh, yeah, that's inside it. Yeah. When he uses it, he uses stone? it when it's in the gauntlet. No, Mind Stone was the uh, scepter. Oh, that's um, right. Never mind. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, it's either the no, it's not the time stone because that's what uh, uh, Dr. Strange has. But it's it's space. Um, And I think while it's like it's not being because it is within the Tesseract, it's not being directly controlled. So I don't think anyone has necessarily a direct uh, control. And like even in Avengers, Selvig creates a whole machine. And so it's like directed uh, towards um, the machine. Right. And it's only once they activate uh, the Tesseract at the beginning of Avengers is Loki able to like kind of travel through through. it. Yeah. Um, So I don't think like since we were never really seeing him use it within Avengers, uh, he would necessarily know how to use it to just jump from space to space. Uh, Whereas like at the end of Avengers, they have that special thing. Uh, you, you know, that they use that device that kind of allows them to transport since the uh, the Bifrost is destroyed. Uh, so I'm thinking it's it's more of like ha- the gauntlet that Thanos has is what helped him manipulate it. And it was broken down to the base stone. <laughs> it's certainly <laughs> cracked and destroyed. Right. I just thought that was so funny. You see, he just pops out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, wait, I guess he doesn't have the same level. But th- hilariously, immediately he's like, I'm your new ruler to these people <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> like you're going to start a new cult out there or what? And of course they don't understand what he's saying. And when he was going to speak again, I'm wondering if like, you know, he's as guardian, maybe he could like make them hear what he's saying, like in their language. But uh, he gets interrupted by the TVA, the Minutemen um, pop out through a really cool looking doorway. I like the effect of that door and then walking through it. it looks neat. I thought, 
you know, it's a it's very much. Uh, and I'm not saying that they like stole this, but it's very much uh, a um, Legends of Tomorrow thing. Like that's something that their their like time agency has like developed in the past couple seasons. So it's kind of it is kind of it's clean. Like it, yeah. it, it doesn't allow for any like super crazy effects or anything like that. But it it's straight into the point. Yeah, I like effects like that, that, you know, that it it's good enough and it looks really nice, but it's not costing them like a million bucks a pop or whatever in order to do it. So then they can keep using it. It's not like when you can tell, like, well, they really blew a lot of money on the CGI this episode and there's none left for the next two. So you get what you get, you know, sort of a situation. Um, They immediately snatch him up like that. The now. It was the machine, the like the stick, nightstick or whatever that they mm-hmm. have. That's the what when she turned it purple, that yeah. is what she hit him with to slow him down to one. I believe so. Yeah. Because I think when this is probably jumping ahead, but when we see later on the guy dissolve, was it yellow? Is it depend on what color the top of the that stick is, is depending on what happens to you? It's possible because I, I, I Self-admittedly, I uh, watched this in not the best way possible to actually <laughs> be able to analyze it. Um, I, I I don't know if I like them releasing them on Wednesdays because I'm so used to the Friday schedule. And I know currently right now Disney Plus has the Bad Batch releasing on Fridays and they might have. I think they pushed like Loki early so that that's why it's releasing on Wednesdays. But it it doesn't help me with like my expect expectation to get up early on a Friday and like watch it oh. still have some time to do a little video games before work and stuff. So I, I was watching it while working. Um, and I, I know, well, and <laughs> to be fair, the second rewatch was also while working. Um, so I can't, I can't remember exactly like what they use on the guy. I couldn't remember if it was the stick or if there was just like a, a ray from the ceiling that did that. Um, no, it was definitely the stick. But maybe it's so. like a a stun kill, you know, phaser setting. Like I'm, I'm wondering though, because I, I'm pretty sure that's a difference in the color that the stick was at the top. That it was purple. Like she turned hers purple, and and again jumping ahead. But when Owen Wilson comes back into the room, like he has one, but it's yellow. So I'm yeah. thinking, depending on what color it is on the top, is like what's going to happen to you, right? <laughs> when you get hit with it. I just thought that was interesting and that effect was really, really funny on his face. Cause at first you're like, this is going on kind of a long time. And I feel like they left it just long enough that you're like, is there, you know, kind of like looking around and then you're like, Oh, okay. She slowed him down to one sixteenth speed. Right. Cause you're thinking him. it's just like a, a slow down scene to like yeah. show the impact of the hit. And then they're moving around. She's putting the collar on them. And yeah. it's like, Oh no, you're moving in, in normal time, but it's just slowed down for us. <laughs> you right. know? So and then they collar him, go back through there and they sit, do the reset charge. Mm-hmm. So that was orange and then turned purple and then kind of did that weird colory thing and reset that timeline. So basically if you're in the timeline variant, you're just screwed because then you get killed, quote unquote, reset with everybody else. And that kind right. of sucks. Well, and I, I wonder, cause you're bringing up the colors uh, schemes and that's actually making me think of stuff from the, uh, from the trailers where uh, he's like out in the skies are purple 
and um, stuff. So like I kind of assumed that that might be like an alien world. But maybe with whatever is like revealed through this season as someone trying to maybe reset or change the timeline in a certain manner by either using one of those devices or something to that effect. Yeah. Well, let's see. Where did we go next? Oh, okay. So we're processing him and we see this that fella. I'm pretty sure that guy was in the good place. Who's the guy at the desk? Casey at the desk. Yes, yes, Okay. Yes. I was like, because I feel like I recognize you, but I'm not entirely sure. He's been in a whole bunch of stuff, too. Well, Casey at the desk gets to log <laughs> Tesseract as evidence. But, Casey, um, who I, doesn't know what a fish is. What a fish is. <laughs> My favorite part of this is when we come in and you're just getting the aesthetic. It's that really retro future aesthetic. and Or I think, I, I mean, I'm not a designer. Is it called modern or whatever that retro future look. Uh, I don't know if that would be called modern. I don't know. I'm not a designer person, but that kind of like a look to it. I, I really like it. It's really appealing. And I don't know. I just, I sit back and I'm just really enjoying it. And you can tell there's like a, some sort of filter mm-hmm. that has for, I don't, you're the person who like knows more of the technical work. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, sort of it's, filter. Uh... it's like seventies esque sixties X. Retro. It's kind of like the it's 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 filters, probably the best closest term to it. But it, it's the way it's shot and the way that the uh, production design and set design is to give that 70s aesthetic. Yeah. Um, like it's a it's a futuristic 70s, but it, it just looks dated to the 70s, like all the chairs, the carpeting, uh, even just kind of the basic dress for most of the people working there is kind of in yes. that throwback aesthetic. Um, it kind of makes me think of the Umbrella Academy with like their time travel bureau is kind of like even though they're they're futuristic, they live in the past uh, type thing. So like their whole dress aesthetic is in the time period that they live in. Um, like I haven't seen all of the Umbrella Academy, so I don't know. But from just that one piece that I saw when five was there, it, it yeah. doesn't have that same feel. I think it's pro- mostly no, it's definitely distinct. Feels- yeah, the, the filtering, I feel like, because I feel like in Umbrella Academy, it was still kind of bright. Yeah. Where this has, like, that... It's a little that, bit darker. Like, yellowy, darker yeah, tones. filter to it, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm trying to remember the process of... The order of him being processed. She puts him in that elevator with that nice uh, ka-chunk yeah. uh, pull lever. Like, all the technology, just, it really appeals to me, the technology being really advanced, but looks like it's not... I just something about that just makes me really happy. Like I want my whole house to like look like that, <laughs> you know. Like it, it just makes me happy and smile. But he goes in there, and of course we got to do like the Marvel body shot, you know, get him naked real quick and like get that over with. The Fine as guardian leather. Come oh, I know, on. and it just gets burned. <laughs> like, well, I think wow. he kind of pissed the robot off. So, <laughs> well, would they have saved it if he like disrobed? Eh, maybe. Them? Maybe he gets dropped down. Of course, I guess because it's like the elevator continuing to go down. Yeah. He gets dropped down immediately into his jumpsuit, which is like ugly, but you know, whatever. I guess it's, at least it's not orange. I don't know. 
you have any thoughts on costuming, I guess. Not 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 necessarily for this. I mean, other than that, it's it's it is neat to kind of have it labeled variant. Um yeah. because like it's it's distinguishing them out from the norm of everything else. Of everybody else, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I'm just like how I guess how flattering can a jumpsuit be? It's kind of an <laughs> ugly beigey color. So he gets jumped through that. He's got to sign off on everything he's ever said, which mm-hmm. I thought they were going to do a hor- the horrible part of the gag of like he has to sign every freaking piece every of paper, paper, like every single one, which would have been awful. I think I think the gag with the as you continue to talk at Prince more is good enough. Sign the top one and move on. Right. And then the robot. Are you a robot? God, <laughs> that was the best know- part. That was so funny. It was played so perfectly well because, like, Loki is this person who's so egotistical and so sure of things. And then just the simple, like, questioning of, you know, are you a robot or or do you possess a soul? And he's like, well, no, I'm not a robot. And then he's like, wait, 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 wait. What happens if I step in the machine and I'm a robot? And he goes, well, you get, you know, vaporized. And he's like, okay, well, I'm definitely like a, a bean. And then as he like he steps in, he's like, uh, yeah. and then it's like fine. He's like, okay, oh, well, good, <laughs> you know. But could you imagine if you were in that situation that you wouldn't step through it hesitantly like that? I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, my god, absolutely. I'm not a robot, am I? I'm not a robot, am I? Well, I'm not a Cylon, I swear. Cylon or or <laughs> Westworld, where like the right. the hosts don't know that they're robots. But it's a very, very well played low key scene, I think. And that was not a pun, Um, but it was just very, very well done without having to overdo it. Because even the guy who's like asking him the questions is just playing it straight. And it's all just Tom Hiddleston, like taking that character. You said this best before we started recording. Um, This episode is a lot of character work and and showing this character we know, but also this is a regressed version of the Loki we we knew in Infinity War because it's right. the He's Loki who hasn't right off that that loss. Right, and it's the Loki who hasn't gone through the trials and tribulations and character growth with Thor. Uh, so I think that was a really great. Um, this episode's a really great way of exploring that pre Thor Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War Loki. Yeah. So we get into the deli room or the DMV room. <laughs> I just call it the deli room because they take a ticket. Make sure you take your ticket. Yeah, you don't you don't want to yeah. not have a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where we get the exposition. A lot of good exposition from Miss Minutes. So again, we've got retro animation, and she's got that really like honey southern accent. I just yeah. I loved it. That's so funny. But I love the animation. It's so cute. That retro animation. It kind of remind me a little bit of the uh, Jurassic Park um, scene uh, when yeah, it's Dino doing Mr. DNA. Yeah, yeah, Mr. <laughs> DNA doing his whole little explanation. Yeah. So we're going through, and I assume because again, this is one of those where I don't know so so much about from the comics. You know, mm-hmm. I like I know enough to get in trouble, sort of a thing. But I'm assuming that there probably was a lot of comic references that I might have missed in this, where she's given us that there was a multiverse. And apparently they were all at war, which kind of how can multiverses be at war with each other? But they were at war 
and the timekeepers came in and I keep wanting to call them watchers and correct me every time. Yes, because <laughs> watchers watch. only watch. <laughs> it's just that they're standing there like watching the timeline. So in my mind, I'm like, they're watching it happen. But no, they're the timekeepers. And they're which, dictating. They're dictating. They're dictating it. <laughs> so I assume, like you said, that they're probably, this is probably a setup for, is it Kang? Kang, Kang the Conqueror, who is such a complex and confusing character in my own mind because like the, I guess the quote unquote present Kang, which is actually future Kang is an evil despot. But then there is uh, who wants to have this complete control of time. But then there is a future version of that Kang who is a good guy. And he has, I believe a different name that I can't remember. So it's always just very confusing and very convoluted, especially when you deal with time travel and stuff like that. Um, it gets a little bit more kind of complicated, but we do know that, uh, God, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's in, um, he's in Lovecraft country. Yeah. He was cast. Yeah. He was cast as Kang. So we know Kang will be coming at some, at some point and, uh, kind of like my whole theory about how they might eventually like in the MCU or, or, you know, finally, even though some people might make Endgame like their end if they're done with all the other Marvel projects, um, mm -hmm. that you'll have Kang is our kind of like our second boss, and then Galactus is our final boss, and then Galactus will be like th that event will be what will end what we know as the MCU today, and then if they want to reboot, refresh franchises and stuff like that, that's their kind of starting over point. Yeah, yeah. So um, where do we, the, they so have the multiverse. The kind of the multiverse. Yeah, those people came in, she's explaining, oh, you're a variant, blah, blah, blah. This is, you know, maybe you did this or that. But I messaged you because I didn't want to forget. And I went ahead and did rejot those down that she talks about a Nexus event. And I was remembering, isn't that a commercial for the medication and WandaVision? Yes. And if, Again, if I'm remembering correctly, was not Wanda a Nexus character who is the same in every universe in the multiverse? I can't attest to that or not. Um, I, I so feel like she was, and I'm afraid to Google anything because I don't want to get spoiled. If there are any like diehard comic book uh, readers People? that are, that <laughs> listen to this show, like send us an email um, and and let us know because I, I'm very much the same where I don't want to. I don't want to Google too much. And yeah. if, you know, you want to just give us a simple yes or a simple no, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, anything will help because, uh, yeah, we, we've got Dr. Strange too, to really look forward to as well as the, um, the Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man that's coming out later in the year. So, uh, we don't want to kind of necessarily spoil what may or may not be happening with those films. Right. Because, the way it's worded, she says something about there will be a Nexus event and left unchecked, it'll descend into madness. And yeah. I'm like, multiverse of madness, Doctor Strange. So I really do feel like this show's, uh, like WandaVision and this show are really setting up the next phase of the MCU, of the movies. So, I mean, just multiverse of madness since we well, know that's what Doctor Strange is going to be. And Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't really set up anything until after the fact when they finally announced the Captain America four. So yes, it, it would make more sense. Like it, it would have felt kind of nicer if Falcon and winter soldier had some, some little tie into multiverse of madness a little bit. So it felt more directed. Uh, but if this, cause like we have that kind of theory about what might happen, uh, if Loki's going to be time traveling and, and, 
other stuff that's going to potentially go on that deals with time travel and they break what the timekeepers have kind of the work that they've been doing, which then would kind of involve the creation of Kang being a big villain to face down the road. Like that all seems to tie in and they build off of each other. Whereas like Falcon winter soldier is just sitting here over in the corner. Like, Hey, we're here, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's just kind of there not really moving anything along. Exactly. Which, that's what I would say. Kind of how I felt kind of about like Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. It's like it didn't really do anything except for maybe Tony a little bit, but it didn't move the plot of the MCU along. Whereas, like, I might not, like, love Thor 2, like, but it does help move the plot of the MCU along. Right. So I might have those... the similar words about Iron Man 2, but yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll listen to our Iron Man 2 episode if you want to know right. what those words are. <laughs> but we, we get all of that, you know, and it's talking about, you're going to stand trial for your crimes. And it's so happy about it and happy peppy. And it's like, it's because we're about to kill you. <laughs> you know, you get that vibe. This is where we see the other guy who came in, um, get zapped, but for not having his ticket. And I just remembered something when we were talking about like having things tie in when she first brings Loki in, there's another minute man bringing in somebody and it's a variant scroll. So I oh, I didn't even was, catch that. Yeah, he's hmm. he's like only there for a second, but it's a scroll, and I'm like, oh look, another scroll. Just you know, with the whole at the end of Wandavision, you know, and is um, Maria or right. Monica, 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 Monica gonna go up, you know, to meet Fury, and he's on a ship, and apparently scrolls, and you know, far from home, scrolls or whatever. Oh no, and we are getting a I guess a secret invasion show, so yeah. Just like little things like that that you like to see, like tie them all in. Well, I nice even saw ties. some, uh, and I I didn't really again like I haven't been able to like completely fully immerse myself in the episode and catch every single like little Easter egg or hint or something. But like people were speculating that there was a woman that looks like Peggy, and that she this is either, you know. Uh, she's an agent for the TVA or or something oh. and or maybe she's fixing something Steve did like uh, I don't know and especially since we don't know if uh, Haley Atwood is in this show or not I was like yeah that might be that goes back to the old like I was thinking about this since we've been doing our, our MCU rewatch um, I remember all the like the little stupid like fan theories that everyone would have like that this was a secret introduction for this character over there. And like, you could see this man running on a roof in Harlem and incredible <laughs> Hulk. And that was supposed to be daredevil. And then like also an incredible Hulk. Like there's this thing that falls from the sky in the thunderstorm. And that was Thor falling to earth. And, and like all these like little random, like nitpicky moments. And I'm like, I, that was cool then, but now it's like, now you're just trying to like look for stuff so, when they're yeah. more planned about it. Yeah, there. I I definitely agree. Like at the beginning, it was kind of a little haphazard, but after Avengers, I feel like everything was very meticulously planned. Absolutely. Be- especially like when we get to him threatening Casey. I mean, can you imagine the people who have freeze framed on that drawer and are analyzing <laughs> every little thing that that's in it? Right. Oh, I'm sure there, there's always those videos you'll see on YouTube where they're like 160 <laughs> Easter eggs you missed. <laughs> And exactly what they could all lead to. Right. So once we get him there with, he's like, I got my ticket. We jump to like, I, it's not really 
title sequence really is. I mean, it's just the Loki, but in, you know, the different styles of Loki. Right. So I don't know, would you consider this the main title sequence versus when the Marvel piece came on or? Uh, probably because that's kind of how they marketed it is the Loki with like all the different kind of symboling. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really think depending on how episode two will be next week um, or rather, I guess this week uh, when this episode releases, um, we'll see more of an idea if they if they have a more defined opening. Like it certainly doesn't have an opening um, like uh, WandaVision did. Of course, WandaVision's was specifically directed towards the television shows. Right. And when I think back on like Falcon and Winter Soldier, they didn't other they didn't really have it. It was at the Mm-mm. end. Yeah. So uh, I think they're all trying, trying different things and which is good works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'm (laughs) this one criticism I have of the people who are being overly critical of of these MCU shows. And you and I were talking a little bit about this before recording, and I won't go into huge detail because uh, I self-admittedly I did not watch these videos, but it's like people are watching these. And since they are doing different things and they're tackling different subjects within the MCU and and even though we tackle time travel in Endgame like I think that this show does a really good job of cuz I'm not particular particularly a huge fan of how they did time travel in Endgame uh but we get revealed in this episode when he's kind of standing on his trial giving his uh testimony or whatever that the Avengers doing what the Avengers did was predetermined and dictated by the timekeepers. So like the timekeepers allowed that particular version of time travel to happen happen the way it did so that the events would play out the way that they needed to play out. Um, But uh, people are talking about how this breaks the MCU or how this is, you know, just has destroyed the MCU. And I don't agree with it. And I know that they're kind of, and again, we were talking about this before recording, they're, what they're focusing is on is on the minutia of like again when like we you're talking about the desk and you see all the yeah. infinity stones uh, and like that seems to lessen their importance. But you have a very good uh, you know thought process on why that doesn't really lessen their importance. And and I think like it, it's that over analyzing and uh, almost just not being able to find any enjoyment in anything you know it's it's you've got to find something that doesn't fit within your own narrative or or your own world perception or worldviews so therefore it doesn't work for you and i mean we were very critical of falcon and winter soldier but i but we never talked that it it destroyed the mcu or anything we did talk about how it, it hurt roger's legacy a little bit but that given through the lens of what i um Isaac or Isaiah was going through at the time that he went through it. Like we could still understand why he would have that interpretation of it. Our, our kind of issues were in how the story played out and what uh, impact it had on the MCU. So I it's that's again, I know I keep saying it at the beginning of every podcast, but like that's where this fine line that we try to walk with here on the podcast is where we can be critical and we can point out those things that don't flow or don't work within a piece but ultimately, talk also about the things that do work and how that how people can enjoy it for these different things. I know people on my Facebook timeline who I went to high school with 
who thought I was a nerd and, and a weirdo for liking comic books. <laughs> and they're flipping out going, oh, my God, we got Loki. We got Loki, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, see how the tables have turned? That's how uh, the turntables. You took it from me because I was going to rephrase <laughs> it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, they're, it's reaching people who aren't in this sphere of comic books and, and like, nerdism or nerd culture. Yeah. You know what, to me, it just kind of all reminds me of the difference, like, back when I was um, doing that RPG group, the difference between my group and then there was a group that one of my friends was in, and she wanted me to try and join hers, and that group was, like, taking everything way too seriously. They had an application for you to fill out, (laughs) to join and stuff, and I'm like... I'm playing a game, y'all, in my spare time when I'm not at work. You know, like, this is what I do for fun. (laughs) You know, I'm not here to, like, have to fill out, to have all your storylines approved and everything, like, before you can even, like, write, you know, your story back and forth or anything like that. And I think that's kind of the difference. You're going to have the people like me who are like, I'm here to enjoy it. I do want some continuity. I want some sidebars or whatever, you know, railings. And I'd like for us to stay on the road and not just like go off into oblivion. But, you know, I don't need to be like completely micromanaged to that extreme point. You know, the rules lawyer. Right. You know, when you when you focus on the minutia, it's like you're missing the forest for the trees. You know, it's it's you're missing the grander picture. You're missing missing all the other pieces of it that can work right or work well in a piece and just just finding things again to be like offended or upset about. And I mean, there, there's stuff about the new doctor who's that I've not liked that they've done, but I've still kind of watched it or I've kept my finger on the pulse of it. And like, yeah, I can criticize that. I think the writing's really bad, but I also think Jodie Whittaker does a really good job as the doctor, even though I'm not a fan of what, how they explain that the doctor is kind of gender fluid. Uh, and, and speaking of gender fluid, like that's, stuff that they've released about Loki is that he's gender fluid. And uh, I think that that was in, uh, in a means to try to drum up controversy or drum up buzz. So people were talking about the show and you have those people who are going to be detractors from it. And you're going to have those people that are going to be supporters on it. And I'm here in the middle going, I don't care. Like, yeah, like I personally don't really care either way because he's kind of like always been that way in the comics. Like, yeah, and he comes well, back even in, in all kinds mythology. of mythology. Yeah, like he comes in all kinds of like we get kid Loki, we get femme Loki, we get regular Loki, we get like good guy Loki, we get totally evil. Like he's one of those characters that's like so all over the place that like I don't really care, you know. Right. And the only thing for me that is that I like we were talking before and you said you said um, you you wish that they didn't go ahead and reveal the variant was him, but. I'm okay with that because I feel like that would that was the one like one of the one big things everybody be like who are they tracking and there'd be all these theories. I like that they were like yeah we're tracking you so that now we can have some other like twist. But I feel like going ahead and pushing that it's going to be Fem Loki kind of detracts from us having like the the twist for it. So that's and that's where I'm kind of on the other side of it like that's the only way I can see it going is that this other variant Loki that is going around and uh, spoilers, you know, obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, <laughs> if we're talking about an episode, we're speaking only within the context of the episode we've seen. So we can be proven wrong. Uh, but this is yeah. just kind of our theories or thoughts is that 
by pushing that kind of gender fluid thing of like, well, hey, look, it's official, like Loki's gender fluid. But the, and then you get the kind of argument back and forth about, no, he's male. No, he's gender fluid, whatever. You know, you have those sides of it arguing and us that are just trying to enjoy the show going, OK, just both of you shut up. And then <laughs> since because one thing we we also talked about before recording is that uh, this might be turning people off uh, a little bit because it's not going straight for that action approach. And it's going more like uh, a little bit of a buddy cop mystery approach, which you and I both are kind of a fan of. Because yeah. um, like this, this budding relationship between him and Owen Wilson is going to be, I think, one of the best things about the show. Definitely. And um but like with the reveal that this variant that's going around and kill, killing Minutemen and doing things and uh, within the timeline, um, when they revealed it was him, like I was disappointed because I wanted to keep that mystery going. But then knowing that they're pushing this gender fluid thing and then you saw a, an image tweeted out by or on Facebook from Disney Plus that was a female actress that – may or may not be a, a female Loki. Yeah, it didn't uh, say anything. It was just pictures of actors from the show at the premiere. Yeah. But it was like her and Tom in one picture, and they kind of have a similar-ish look. Like well, and then we, we get who I would assume is the killer at the end of the episode. And I know we're we're jumping a little bit ahead here, but uh, we, we only see the silhouette. And so if we know that Loki is the variant that's going around and committing these crimes. Well, your other twist has to be something to, to be the twist, right? So yeah. that's where our theory of this is going to be femme Loki is, uh, is coming into play. And it seems to be like you, you ruin that chance at a surprise, maybe not so much by that picture or the premiere, because that's just a discerning eye catching that. Um, but definitely pushing that, that gender fluid thing by going out on your social media pages and, and pushing out there like, Hey, look, we've got this little thing on a document from the TVA and it says gender and it says fluid <laughs> or whatever, you know? And it's like, I just, I, I think it was a PR stunt again, not, not necessarily pushing an agenda, but to generate buzz of talking about the show. Yeah, and I think that it's those, detrimental. Yeah. It's just one of those, like you said, you want to keep the mystery going. Right. So, for me, like knowing that he's the variant we're chasing doesn't like it still leaves all that room for mystery. Right. But them kind of already kind of going ahead with the oh, probably going to be Fem Loki. I'm like, OK, so what other turns are there going to be? It's kind of like if I had been spoiled by everything in Infinity War or Endgame or something. Right. And you kind of already know what's going to happen. Like, like if you were Doctor Strange doing right. all the it's in the one <laughs> way things work do. out, you're like, oh, OK. You know, it's, you know what's going to happen. So then your investment in the story, your investment in the characters, it's lessened to an yeah, extent. I, I still want to be surprised. I hope that they still have like good enough twists and turns that I'm going to be like, oh, you know, and still really pulled in. Even if it does turn out that when they pull the hood off, it's going to be Finn Loki. And I'm going to be like, oh, well, oh, well, I already knew right. that because you already spoiled it you know, sort of a thing like, like not intentionally. Maybe, spoiled maybe it, it'll be kid Loki on stilts. <laughs> <laughs> be like uh, <laughs> little rascals when they walk into like the bank and they're in the suit jacket. Yeah. It's just two kid Lokis in, in a big, uh, you know, robe with coat. a lid. <laughs> um, all right, let's get, we, we got to yeah, we'll, a little bit there, we'll but let's get back on back. track. Well, after our title sequence, we, we get to meet Owen Wilson or Mobius. There's no R there, right? It's Mobius. Right, right. 
Because Morbius is is the vampire from <laughs> Spider Man. Right. We get to meet Owen Wilson. I like him watching him. I do he's, too. Just, he's an enjoyable actor to watch. And he has like a like a sincerity to his acting that he's playing so well off Tom. Yes. You know, with their characters. It's so great. But we're meeting him they're in France in mm-hmm. like the fifteen hundreds something. And this is when we're establishing that this variant, there's a variant going around killing people and taking the reset charges. Right. Because I don't know, I don't know if that's going to be important or not, but I feel like it is because they're well, taking again going going back to that color spectrum thing, and if that purple is such a big thing, and then we see from that trailer those purple skylines, like yeah, that's that's probably got something to, something. something to do with it. They're they're collecting them, and if he says mm-hmm. there's six already that had happened, so they have seven. <laughs> like I have a little notepad or whatever, keep track. They have, they have seven reset charges. <laughs> well, maybe now, eight by the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, eight now. How many do they need to to make the sky purple? Right. You know, you know when you like randomly see numbers or whatever, like oh, that's gonna come back and be important later in the show, and it like never. Comes you're gonna be back. like in a beautiful mind when you're like got all the like number sequences and stuff going on in your head. And chalkboards, yeah. chalkboards filled everywhere. You're gonna be Charlie, you know, trying to find Pepe Silva. <laughs> but we see the little kid, you know, and he's questioning her. You know, like I guess it was her. I don't know, but you know what happened here. And who did this? And of course, there's um, point to the stained glass image of basically the devil. devil. It, and I'm sure everybody's going Mephisto confirmed. You know, which actually <laughs> Mephisto was not confirmed by the director, I believe. Well, the one um, reviewer that when I went back and rewatched um, other reactors watch this, one of them had what that I thought was personally really funny is when when he was signing off on this is everything you've ever said, there's that cat in the scene, and they were like, that's Mephisto right there. <laughs> He's there in the TVA. <laughs> and I it's thought that was really funny. Yeah, it was him right there. He's, well, he's watching. So, I, you know, I've been thinking about this uh, because of that, that image where she points to it, and I'm thinking it's because of the helm, uh, yeah, you know, with the horns. the horns. And that's when you're – like what fifth 14th century France and you see somebody walking in and they've got those horns and you've got this religious iconography around you, you're going to obviously associate it with that, you know, cause who just goes around walking with horns out, you know, coming out of their head. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming from the silhouette either that they don't wear the big horns, like they have the small horn helmet mm-hmm. or that they just don't wear it all the time. You know, when they're going to be sneaky and I put on my coat, I take off my helm that has the giant horns on it. Well, we do, we do see the, um, we do see the, from the promo stuff and like the, like vote Loki, uh, type outfit. I think he has the bigger horns on, but I'm going to assume that that's our current variant Loki. That's our good yeah. guy Loki, but who, who knows? We still who don't knows? know. Like, <laughs> honestly, cause I know I'm jumping a little bit ahead of us here, but cause we're, we're kind of getting there cause we got to the Owen Wilson stuff, but like yeah. when they're talking about his greatest hits and then they do the DB Cooper there, like I, I was thinking that was going to be something later, like him, you know, jumping around this timeline, causing mischief and mayhem. But I also don't hate that this was like, Oh, this was something that we saw Loki being Loki before Thor, you know? Yeah. 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 I like that too. So after we kind of establish, you know, what's, this is like the big issue the TVA is having, we go back and it's Loki in front of the judge. Like we've talked about it a lot, but um, 
Those darn Avengers who just can't get away with it. Right. Although I, I feel like he has a tiny bit of a point there. A little bit. You know, with like, I mean, he didn't technically like do anything, but literally grab the Tesseract and leave. Like, right. what crime did he literally commit? Like that well, he needs oh, to be reset and put to okay, death. Timeline, so. And, yeah, for, <laughs> for them. But it's like, geez, like he literally just like, you know, hopped over. To the next time, just like real quick. Well, that's kind of the 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 interesting plight for variants. Now, you know, now, now that I think about it is because like you or myself, by just doing one simple, silly thing. Yeah. Uh, could end up in that state and not know it. You know, it's like it's because he's he has no precognition of where he ends up. So right. for him, this is the timeline where things are happening. But this is also the timeline that's dictated by the timekeepers. So did the timekeeper see him doing this so then they could utilize his, you know, this is the whole problem with like yeah. the time travel stuff. Uh, what, and then your free time will. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, your free yeah. will then comes into question and comes into play. Uh, but we, I think we would all find ourselves in Loki's uh, shoes if we were all of a sudden like right now someone comes in through a light door and like <laughs> slaps a collar on my neck and takes me away to the TVA. I'm going to be like, what the hell did I do? I'm just yeah, recording like, a podcast. I, I literally did nothing. <laughs> but here. I should have taken a nap and then recorded the podcast, but I recorded the podcast early. So therefore now I've created this branch in the timeline. Right. Because Miss Minutes exposition, one of the things that she mentioned was like, maybe you did an uprising or yeah. maybe you just got <laughs> to work late. And I'm like, geez, every time I've gotten to work late, does that like cause a variant? Right, like walking. your bus driver being late causes you to become a variant. Like then like, you're <laughs> you know, in big duty. Reset it. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But yeah, it's like how much latitude do they really have? Like if he's like not guilty, I like was literally just sitting here and now I'm here in front of you. Right. Like what do they do with the people? I feel like it's one of those everybody's guilty. There is no, you know, actual debate. You know, sort of a thing, and it just kind of reminds me of that one episode of Star Trek. You know, nerd Star Trek, yes, but <laughs> when they go to the planet and Wesley um, accidentally falls into those flowers, and he's going to be put to death because the punishment oh, yeah. for every crime is death. When Picard at the end is like, sometimes you can, you know, I don't remember his exact quote, but it's basically like, you know, you can't have everything completely ridiculously strict like that. That's not. Fair. It's not how life happens. Well, and I think um, I, I've heard this statistic, and I can't remember the exact statistic, but it's like on a daily basis, the average person, basically everyone, breaks at least like thirty-three laws. Something and, like that. And it's like, and it's not even like big, big laws. Like it's not laws you would necessarily get prosecuted for, but it's like there's so many laws out there that even we as the average citizen don't know necessarily exist. Like in Ohio, it's illegal to get a fish drunk uh, on Sunday or, or <laughs> no, it's illegal to get a fish drunk. And then on Sunday, it's illegal to go whale fishing because you can apparently fish whale in Ohio. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Ohio River, I won't doubt it. <laughs> well, uh, but so it's like it's those it's it's those silly things. Like also, I think in like North Carolina or South Carolina, it's legal to beat your spouse as long as you're on the courtroom steps on, you know, on a Sunday or something. So like ridiculous stuff. Yeah. So like it, when you take it to that super ultra strict thing, like the TVA is doing like that episode of Star Trek, it's like, yeah, what you're doing. 
he didn't do anything. Even he didn't do anything out of character for Loki. Even, yeah, you know, it's like, exactly. oh, this is my way to get out. And he gets out. But therefore, he causes this great big travesty, which the opportunity only presents itself because the Avengers were going back to get the Tesseract. Right. So, but yeah. I do like that they went ahead and just kind of like answered some questions that they know, like fans will be like, well, what about the Avengers time traveling? And it's right. like, well, that was supposed to happen. So like we immediately get that like canonized answer that was supposed to happen. You, you know, I just, I, I appreciate when they can kind of foresee some of the questions that people would have and fans would have and go ahead and give us the answers. Right. Because I think a lot of the speculation was, well, did Steve create any alternate timelines by going back when he returned the stones and then decided to stay uh, with Peggy and like, you even go to the conversation between the ancient one and Bruce when she's explaining all the different branches and stuff. Um, And then even with uh, Dr. Strange and looking at the time stone and seeing all the different variations of, of time, like, does he end up on the the time that the time uh, timekeepers dictate is the right path? Like, did the dictate did the timekeepers dictate to him while he's doing his like um, you know all the millions of permutations with how the fight with uh, Thanos uh, was going to be? That did they allow him to settle on that point being the point that works out? Like it goes to that free will thing you were talking about. Yeah. So, but I, I like it too because it also says that maybe the Avengers time travel was not necessarily the only way for time travel. Like, you know, it wasn't just this, this way, this very strict way. If you don't do things perfectly and then return things back perfectly, like then you're going to create all these different timelines, but that's just the way that the timekeepers allowed the Avengers to do it so that they would then fulfill their ultimate mission. Right. And keep it in the sacred timeline. Right. (laughs) So, we get Owen Wilson shows up. I'm probably going to call him Owen Wilson the whole time and not. Uh, it's probably what everyone's going to call him. (laughs) (laughs) Owen Wilson as himself in Loki, but uh, he shows up, pleads on Loki's behalf, basically, you know, and I think it's nice that they didn't do like a long drawn out. Like, like she kind of like, I know what's up and I know what you're thinking. And and they just kind of like circumvented any kind of, you know, debate, like courtroom debate. Super long exposition. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, all right, you know, if it goes wrong, you know, it's on you. Take him away. And then the be- the rest of the episode is basically what I would call just a really interesting character study of Loki yeah. um, in these different scenes. So we get the really cool, I assume it's like digital painting of the what the TVA kind of looks like. We get more of the, like, Jetsons retro future look to it, which I still think that's really cool. I really yeah. like, I like the shape of the flying cars like that. Yeah, well, I also like, like that. that, like, Loki goes, you know, I thought you said there was no magic here. And he's like, it's it's not. There is no magic. Yeah. It's it's all technology. Yeah, I like that. And one of them, I was going to say, like, looks like a dump truck, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but we have all those neat flying cars. And then the one is like a yellow. And it kind of just reminds me of the taxi cab that yeah. um, Bruce Willis drives in Fifth Element. So I just liked all that. And it kind of also looks like, um, like reflections. Is it like... You know that when you're in the 360 mirror, what's that called? Oh, yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. it's the same. Because I was when I was rewatching it the second time, I was trying to like look down, look up, and it kind of looks like it's that same base image, but like reflected in like a cube kind of a shape is what I kind of got the feeling of. But that's just me like probably reading way too much into oh, it. Gosh. I just had something else I was going to 
Oh, the music. Um, and this oh, is yeah. where I think the music really shines is that because it's that wonder music and it's mm-hmm. it's it is a little retro, too, but it, it's it's I can't find the best way to describe it. But it's something that really is appeasing to my ears when I'm hearing it on screen, because mm-hmm. uh, it does give you that sense of wonderment and amazement. Yeah. And it's nice that it, it adds to and doesn't take away right. from the scene. So he takes them into the Time Theater or TVA Theater, something like that. So this is obviously not his office where he's going to burn his desk, but (laughs) he takes (laughs) them into this theater to show him the highlights of his life and basically do this character study. So we we start off with a lot of Avengers stuff. That's where we basically saw the most of him. I don't think they use anything from Thor. No, no. I think it was just... Avengers, There's Avengers Thor and two, Thor too, which and well, and it, and it makes sense because this Loki has lived through the events of Thor, so there's yeah. no reason to rehash any of that except yeah. for the DB Cooper scene. Yeah, which I thought that was a nice to add in. Like you said, it's kind of nice just to see like pre Thor when they were probably still young and having fun, you know. And he lost a bet. He so. lost a bet. So, <laughs> and like, what kind of a bet is that? You lost the bet. Now you have to go down to Midgard, pretend like you're one of them, get on one of their flying machines, and pretend like you're going to blow it up. Jump and then out. Jump out with a yeah, like, what's the whole load of cash. Yeah, like, I, I just, I want to know the backstory behind all that cr- that makes that the thing that you have to do in order to pay the bet. Like, it just <laughs> sounds ridiculous. It's probably to do some crazy feat uh, that would get Midgard to, like, talk about it for. God, it still gets talked about to today. So all the conspiracy knows because no one no one knows who D.B. Cooper really was. So or what happened or, or what happened to him. <laughs> I mean, there are unsolved mystery episodes and everything about that. So <laughs> I'm sure there's more uh, conspiracy walls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're getting into where it's like it all kind of runs together for me. So we he's talking, you know, about. Do you enjoy hurting people? What do you want to do if you, like, say you go back and you want to be king? And I feel like it's really just a lot of a lot of psycho stuff, but it's it's getting him to really, like, look at himself and confront his actions and really think about things. Showing he's, you know, responsible for his mother's death. Yeah. And uh, that I, I feel like that's the part that really starts to get his attention. Like yes. before that, he's just like, I'm playing a game. But when he sees that, it, he really starts to grab his attention there. Right. And that's the part when he gets interrupted by the other Minuteman, the, the original woman. I don't know that we got like a name for I don't her. I think we got a name for her. Yeah, just She's just a man. basic grunt, grunt soldier who, you know, likes, uh, likes using too much of her authority. <laughs> which, which he helps him up. And I don't know. Did anybody miss Loki pickpocketing the the time twister thing? I'd have to. Pocket? I'd have to like, watch it. You know. Oh, quit like, closer. I mean, immediately as soon as he stands up, I'm like, he's picking your pocket, Owen Wilson. Come on, like <laughs> you know he's doing it. So he gets the time twistery thing, and he uses it to run amok. And that's when he goes and finds Casey. He's like, "What's your name, Casey? I'm gonna gut you like a fish." What's a fish? fish? (laughs) How do you not know what a fish is? (laughs) Like, I want to know what I'm complying to before I comply to it. (laughs) Just a nice, I feel like it's a nice break from, we were doing like this intense character study and he's really thinking about things. Now, okay, Loki's going to run around a little bit 
And then we get to where he's getting the test rack and seeing that drawer, which people are going to freeze frame and yeah. analyze for years. There's going to be at least what, like 50 different videos on YouTube. There, I'm sure there already are. <laughs> what, I mean. What's in that drawer? But like you were talking about those others complaining that they feel like this lessens the importance of the infinity stones. I feel like that's not the point. I feel like the point of showing that they just have infinity stones sitting around is establishing the power level of the TVA for us that okay. like these are useless here because otherwise you're just kind of like, yeah, they time travel or whatever. What kind of real power do they really have? Well, the most powerful things that we've known in the, our universe so far are the infinity stones and they're using them as paperweights. Like, I feel like that should have the establishing effect of just the power level of the TVA in itself. Well, and also I would say maybe also even to a, a, a more extent of the power of the timekeepers. Yeah, exactly. That, they, that these stones, the reality, time, space, soul, you know, all of them, they have no real effect of wherever. And I would assume that the TVA is located outside of time. Yeah, um, like any well. any time agency is like technically except for Umbrella Academy, uh, Umbrella Academy is like they're always outside of time and space so that it's not easy to either infiltrate or to impact it to where it impacts the timeline. And considering right. they're bringing all these different variants in from, you know, timelines and stuff like that, it would make sense to have them in a in a way that even if because like I think even Loki kind of comes to the understanding is. There is no escape for him. Yeah. It's not like he can just jump back or even use the Tesseract to go back. It's mm -hmm. it's essentially ineffectual in within the t TVA. Yeah. And he has that moment there where he's like, is this the greatest power in all the universe? Where I feel like I because Loki is such a mischievous scamp, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if he's if he's really going to like come, you know, like come to Jesus moment and, and like really do full on good guy. Or if it's kind of like, okay, now how can I get control of this power and right. use it, you know, and, and be, you know, the be all end all. So I would, I would kind of disagree with you um, because while he's doing his little running amok and they're trying to chase him down and he kind of rightfully so tortures the, uh, the one minute, <laughs> minute, uh, minute man woman, um, when he goes back and he decides to look more about his future yeah. and he sees him with Thor and fighting with Thor and mm -hmm. then trying to save Thor. I, and also dealing with the knowledge of him causing his mother's own death and kind of trying to atone for it. And that, that moment where he is like on the ground and Owen Wilson comes in and he's like, I really don't like hurting people. But it's yeah. all a part of the illusion. Like, it's like, I feel like I have to. But now he's seen these future events and realizes that that's there's more to him than that. That's why yeah. I think the focus would be more on this variant that is causing all of this ruckus and death that is going to be the more who wants to wants to take it for its power. Yeah, I don't know. I just always it's always just in the back of my mind whenever he's on screen, just because, you know, it's Loki. You know, that's well, what he's done. So it's a step like you're on candy camera. It's Loki like, da -da, you know, and, and suddenly it changes. But no, I really I feel like that is the way that it was going. He was having that, you know, real heart to heart with himself of thinking about things and 
like you said, seeing everything that happened to him and kind of really realizing, I think also too, because this Loki is still the one that was, like we said, immediately taken from Avengers. And that was, you know, from Thor and what we saw happen there and kind of just extrapolating from North mythology, Norse mythology and everything about what his growing up life was probably like that. Right. Always feeling like he could not live up to Thor and, you know, the the Vikings, you know, you got to have fame and battle and stuff like that. And that's not really who he is, but feeling like you've got to put on this persona that's like mysterious and scary to try and desperately get some sort of control or whatever, because you're afraid because I'm not a scary or warrior or whatever. I can't fight like Thor and things like that. I think it's just really interesting character study. Well, and even. Him. Going on to a little bit to build off that is because um, with this other variant, you do have two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's why it'll be more of a of an outward fight rather than an inward fight, um, mm-hmm. because it will be this kind of mindset of Loki kind of being the good, the good angel Loki. And then yeah. you'll have the other side of the coin being the devil Loki and which kind of, again, going back to that religious iconography in France, like it makes more sense that that's going to be, it's going to be more of an outwards battle rather than an internal battle. And I think that that's a really interesting way to kind of approach this, especially like we've, we've mentioned, this is a very strong character study and that it, Loki's more complex than just the villain or the yeah. the guy you love to hate, you know, type of thing. So mm-hmm. And, and with someone of Tom Hiddleston's uh, caliber, I think he does a really good job showing that con- that conflicted uh, inner struggle. Yeah, yeah. And this kind of pretty much wraps it up. Well, not totally, but pretty close. Yeah. When he, he's like, I- I'm going to help you, you know, and who's the variant? Well, we're chasing is you. And he's like, beg your pardon? You know, <laughs> my... <laughs> My question, I think like we said before, is, you know, I'm not upset about the reveal that it's him. I still want there to be some sort of twist. My biggest curious part about this variant is where they came from. You know, how how did this multiverse piece, you know, happen that allowed for this other Loki, Femme Loki, Kid Loki, whatever Loki, whoever it turns out to be like where did they come from is what I want. Or did they even come from the multiverse? Like that's because as we know it right now, the multiverse is non-existent, but maybe it's not so non-existent as we think it to be. Because as we can see from like just our regular history and, and questioning authority, what if the timekeepers didn't really get rid of the multiverse? Like, you know, it's, it's a, they said they got rid of it. And so far as we know, no one can travel outside of it. But then we have the WandaVision thing where she hears her kids, uh-huh. but we know that they're gone. And so we're going to assume that that leads to the multiverse. So if she's hearing her kids in the multiverse, and that means the multiverse exists. But also, again, that also takes place post uh, in game. So maybe events of Loki kind of fit in between that and whatever happens within Loki is what causes then her to hear this multiverse other of her children, you know, who knows? Yeah. We, we don't quite know yet, but it leads to a lot of interesting speculation. And I think if they capitalize on it correctly, 
um, we will still have enough mystery. Then it's just Loki going after Loki. And yeah. well, maybe the multiverse is still existent and the timekeepers kind of keep that on, on the down low so that uh, they don't have any type of uh, multiversal war like they had in the past. Uh, and that's why they're so strict on maybe keeping variants because variants lead to more creation of maybe multiverse worlds. Um, so, and, and it's going to be really interesting too, because we get what if in August and what it will really feel like, what if might actually come out of play from this, you know, cause what That'd if is all this, the different realities and different, well, what if, uh, oh. you know, Peggy got the serum instead of Steve and, and all that stuff. So yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting. I have like we, like we said about Falcon and winter soldier in the first episode, I've got a little bit of high expectations. I really enjoyed this <laughs> first episode. Um, you know, it caps off there a little bit, just kind of with the mystery. You know, we see some more Minutemen get killed and another uh, reset thing get taken. Right. But, um, yeah, I I don't have too many complaints with this. Uh, it, it might feel a little bit draggy at moments, but not nothing that really makes me want to negatively impact it from it. I think everyone is on point with their performances. I, the 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 score is fantastic. Cinematography is fantastic. Uh, everything just really worked for this episode for me, just with some minor, maybe dragging moments. But even those weren't as bad. And I know some people were complaining also about them just reusing clips. But it's like within the context of this and maybe and within the context for other fans, like even though you and I are rewatching the you know MCU it's been a while, you know, so yeah. maybe it doesn't hurt to kind of recap some events. Cause you might forget that he sends, uh, the dark elves, uh, basically to kill his mother without, you know, real realizing, intent, but yeah. uh, that now we're seeing if Loki in Thor dark world knew that that's what he did. Like we see the impact that that has on a pre dark world Loki. So, right. right. Uh, that's, Final thoughts I kind of have on this because I know we are double recording, so we've we've already run long for kind of this episode. So, what what final thoughts do you have? Uh, one of my like questions, theories, just kind of like to sit on the side of the counter while you know you're cooking the rest of this <laughs> show is I'm wondering if something about the timekeepers is going to turn out to be like they've disappeared. And we're, you know, it's like, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain or like there's nobody back there. We just got to keep going or or maybe it's like, you know, they they only showed us three. So maybe is there only one left? You know, just something about the timekeepers themselves. If we ever do get to see them, are they actually there? That is you know, a very, like what's going on. That is a very interesting idea, because. You know, when he goes, well, I want to see the timekeepers. And she goes, well, they're busy dictating time. And he's like, or busy dictating or and he's like, dictating what? And they're like, well, the the flow of time, you know, and stuff like that. But what if they're just going without a figurehead, you know, and they're they're just trying their best to continue the job. But especially if it's one of those. Yeah, the bureauc- there's so much yeah. bureaucracy that, like, maybe only there's, like, maybe two people at the top or whatever that know that they're not there or whatever. Like, that judge might be the only one who knows, which is why she's like, oh, no, they're just too busy. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't, I don't know. It's just one of those ideas because another thought that I had of that woman that I saw, she might be a timekeeper alien. Like, I don't know. Right. You know, it was just a, they were there. 
you know, and it was the picture. Like, I assume it's probably Finn Loki, but I still just wonder, do we get to see the Timekeeper aliens? What's going on with them? You know, the man behind the curtain sort of a thing. You know, what's going on? But other than that, like, I agree with everything that you said. I, I love the set design of all of this. I really like that retro future look. I really love it. I like the way it's this being filmed, the cinematography of everything. I think everybody's doing a fantastic job. I love the pairing of Tom Hilson and Owen Wilson. Like, that's going to be great. I love that this is like a buddy cop thing, which I felt like um, Falcon and Winter Soldier was kind of going to be, but I feel like maybe this is, I'm really going to get my buddy cop thing this time, maybe around, hopefully fingers crossed, because I really do like that. And um, overall, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to more. I'm I'm hoping like it doesn't take a detour like Falcon (laughs) and Winter Soldier did. And um, we just go ahead and give ratings for it now. Yeah. I will say for an opener, I really enjoyed it. High expectations. I'm going to give it a four to give room for episode. Okay, well, uh, we're go- I'm going to be slightly different than you, but only only slightly. I'm going to go a little bit higher on Anya, and that's a, a four and a half out of, out of five. Um, mainly because I, I guess because I didn't have really – any preconceived expectations for this? Like I kind of thought, okay, it'll be good. It'll be fun. But like, I didn't have any, you know, real like idea of where the show was going to go or what, you know, what was going to happen in it. And now it's really intrigued me. It's one of the reasons why I always rate dark Knight rises higher than dark Knight. Now, Mm -hmm. like stylistically or story-wise, is it a better film? Probably not. But it took a character in Bane who I was never really a huge fan of or didn't care for and made him interesting for me. Like the Joker, I'm already going to to love <laughs> because he's such a fascinating character and he's never been really done poorly. But Bane is a character who, you know, just didn't really do it for me. And Chris Nolan was able to make him a more interesting, complex character for me. So when some when something does that, I tend to give it a little bit more credit. But I also do have that lingering fear from Falcon and Winter Soldier that we might fall into that same problem when we get halfway through and we're not sure where things are going uh, or what's going to be the end result. You know, although I again, like I don't feel like there's going to be as much politics that there was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. uh, And it's going to be more of kind of a fun adventure romp through the the time and and maybe the multiverse. And so it's, it certainly has created a lot of expectations for me for the rest of the season. Um, so, all right, well, I have nothing else to say on this. Do you No, I'm good. All right. Well, this is going to do it for our first installment of the Loki series reviews. So you can expect to be getting these and Hey, this is normally our hiatus month. Uh, or, well, part of our two-month hiatus that we usually take a break between recording episodes, and we're still churning out some content for you guys. So I know uh, you guys should hope – well, I would hope you would appreciate it, um, and we hope we're putting enough energy and thought into us because I know we're both very overworked and, and stressed. <laughs> and finding time to sit down and record is, is not as easy during this time of the year. But uh, we hope you enjoyed this review and uh, look forward to our upcoming episode reviews for it. Um, and also our 
you know, what we'll be recording next, uh, our review of Iron Man 2 for our MCU franchise. Uh, so we will uh, leave it to you then and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. If you're not following the podcast, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Critics NT Cynics. Follow us on Facebook at Critics Not Cynics Podcast. Uh, right into the podcast. Let us know if Scar- Scarlet Witch is the nexus of the multiverse and that she's like kind of the constant throughout those worlds because we don't want to ruin anything for ourselves. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid to Google. <laughs> yeah, so a simple yes or no. So if you want to write in you can, to the podcast, you can write in to criticsnotsnext at gmail.com. Uh, you know, get the podcast on whatever podcasting app you use, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, Amazon Music, Podbean, Pretty much everywhere. Uh, and if you could leave us a rate and review, otherwise my dog is going to keep crying in her sleep for whenever she's chasing. Um, and uh, rate and review the podcast. Let us know what you think of us. So, all right, guys, we'll talk to you next time.